0: Ah, the beginning of Beethoven's Pastoral Symphony. That can only mean one thing, folks. That's right. It's the beginning we've all been waiting for. The first episode of the second season of the Kansas City Symphony's podcast, Beethoven walks into a bar. I'm just glad that we're back, guys. I'm glad that they decided to keep us and didn't cancel us. i'm jason sieber the associate conductor of the kansas city
1: symphony
2: and i'm stephanie brimhall the education manager of the kansas city symphony
1: and i'm mike gordon principal fluch of the kansas city symphony
2: so you guys i love being back we're still at home which um you know isn't necessarily the most fun but i love being back seeing all of you at least through a computer screen yeah and uh being able to chat this is one of the highlights of my life <laughs> uh, getting to do this with you guys it's so great to see you what have you guys been up to
1: Well, I've been keeping myself busy, uh, playing a lot of flute, actually, making recordings, preparing uh, to start a season of teaching at UMKC. And I'm most excited about the fact that myself and many of my colleagues have been getting back to playing live, albeit socially distanced and outdoors, but uh, playing some live chamber music uh, around the city. And you're going to be seeing lots more of that very soon.
0: I'm also very excited to see you guys. And I've been dying this last month without recording all these great episodes. The first season was really fun. I think we're in store for even more fun this season. We have a lot of great guests that are going to be on the show. And I'll tell you, I've been uh, I've been doing a few things. I've, I've been studying some scores that I've never had the time or the chance to study, which has been really rewarding. Um, I've been cooking a lot. I love to cook, and a lot of times when we're in the thick of things with rehearsals and concerts, I don't have enough time to do that, and my wife does most of the cooking. But I've been able to cook a lot of new recipes this summer. And that's been fun. I've also been golfing, including with uh, one of today's guests. I've, I've golfed quite a bit with, with our guest John today. Um, he will attest that even though I've been golfing a lot more, I'm still pretty awful, but I really <laughs> do enjoy golfing, and that's been fun as well. Mike, uh, you you started to mention that we the musicians have been up to a lot of things this summer. I know you've been performing a lot. Tell us about some of these performances that have been happening all over the community.
1: Oh, they've just been great. And, uh, you know, in so many different venues, too. In parks, with stages, just, you know, out in front of uh, our musicians' houses. Pretty much anywhere you can think of uh, where there's an opportunity to share music safely Our musicians have been doing that. And then, of course, we've been sharing uh, a lot of stuff online about our pets, about what Mm -hmm. cocktails we might have been making, uh, and even some music. Uh, Our guests today, John and Maria, made a really uh, amusing little video a while back about how they've been spending their quarantine uh, period this summer. And um, (laughs) it was – I don't know how to describe it – both – both hilarious and slightly sad, but mostly hilarious. Uh, (laughs) And
2: and maybe accurate. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, probably
1: accurate. A lot of uh, laying around the house, trying to figure out what to do with oneself. And I know we've all been uh, feeling that, but our musicians uh, have been great and we've wasted no time in thinking of all sorts of new ways we can share music and stay in touch with our community.
0: And Stephanie, you've been very busy uh, this past month, month and a half, preparing for what our musicians are going to be doing in the month of September and October. We have a lot of performances all around the Kansas City community coming up. What can you tell us about uh, these community concerts that are going to be happening?
2: Well, I can tell you it feels really great to be working to put on concerts again. I mean, that's the bread and butter of what we do. that's that's what we do. And they might look a little bit different this uh, this fall than they would normally be in a September and October in Hellsberg Hall, but um, I'm really excited about the performances we're going to be able to offer. We are scheduling performances all throughout the Casey Metro area. We have a new, Symphony mobile trailers, a mobile stage that we're going to be taking all over um, the community and bringing music to uh, into the community. So uh, I think we're really um, silver lining isn't what I would say we've found in this COVID-19 era. But um, I think we're really being able to do what we've always wanted to do and know that we needed to do. And that's really get into the community and share The magic of of what we what we do as a profession so we're going to so many different places and um, you can find a listing of a lot of those places on our website at kcsymphony.org over the next um, two three months so we're really really excited to get back out there and and do some performing
0: that's awesome and these are um, small chamber groups string quartets Mm -hmm. woodwind quintets brass quintets uh, and I think there's about 60 or 70 performances already lined up for yep. September and October.
2: And that number is growing every day. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's really cool. The other day I was I was down at the office picking up some stuff at our office in the Crossroads. And as I was pulling out of my parking spot, um, I had the windows rolled down and I heard the, the beautiful sounds of a woodwind quintet and it filled the air. And I was like, what is happening? And I look up and in, on the second level of the parking garage next to our office <laughs> building was a symphony woodwind quintet rehearsing. And Mike was rehearsing up there. I texted nice. him. I said, you guys sound great. It's like, I, I love hearing it. Um, we're just being really creative in the places that we perform and rehearse.
1: <laughs> yeah. I have to say, uh, one of the really awesome and fun things about rehearsing in, uh, The Webster parking garage. And by the way, (laughs) I never dreamed of rehearsing in a parking garage, but that's the world we're in. (laughs) And so I'm going to take a positive from it, which is that it would amaze everyone, I think, to know how many people just walking by on the street or other uh, symphony employees, even former symphony members and employees have walked by on the street and uh, heard us playing in there and either stopped to say hello or just to listen for a minute. Um, The other day when we were rehearsing quintet, actually um, uh, a woman stopped her car in the street and rolled down the windows and started uh, trying to talk to us. And it was a little hard to hear, but I eventually uh, gathered that uh, she had her son in the car with her who was nonverbal and whom I believe had been to uh, one of our sensory friendly concerts or perhaps several of them that we'd mm-hmm. done. And she was sad that she wasn't able to bring him to the Kaufman Center uh, at any point recently. And so she just sat there with her son uh, in the car for, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes and listened to oh, us rehearse. Man. It was really, really terrific. That's so cool.
2: That's gonna be one of the coolest parts about performing these concerts in the community is that they are truly for everyone. I mean, we are coming to oh. you and anyone can be there. It's. I mean, it's so good for the heart. Just hearing that music coming out of the garage made my heart feel good. So yeah, uh, I, it's, I'm so excited for, for what's coming.
0: And it's good for our hearts, too. I mean, we really miss performing. And like we've said, even though our musicians have been all over the community playing on their porches and giving concerts uh, by themselves or in small groups, it's going to be really great to get out there in these chamber groups and perform for everyone. Well, last season, we had a full episode on orchestral auditions, where we talked with our wonderful personnel manager, Justin White. We learned all about how difficult it is to win a job in an orchestra, all the logistics of the audition day itself. Um, So we all know how tough that process is. But imagine if you are a couple and you are trying to find a job in an orchestra, both of you, in the same orchestra in the same city. The odds of that are overwhelmingly difficult. Mm-hmm. Well, today's guests achieve just that, and we're so fortunate to have them on Beethoven Walks Into a Bar today. They're two of my very favorite people in the Kansas City Symphony. Please mm-hmm. welcome our guests, clarinetist John Klinghammer and cellist Maria Crosby. Welcome, guys. Hey, welcome.
3: Hi, guys. Jason. Hi, guys. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Mike. It's good to see you guys.
1: <laughs> good to see you guys. Good to be here. Well, before we uh, get into how you both managed to accomplish this feat of uh, having jobs in the same orchestra. I, I want to know a little bit more about what you've been up to the- up to this summer. You know, I mentioned that-, that really terrific video you made, and it was hilarious. I don't know if it's still on the internet somewhere, but you were, you know, laying around and doing crossword puzzles and playing some <laughs> music, of course, and just trying to fill the void of time. And I think that's something uh, many of us have felt. So tell us a little bit more about what you guys have been up to.
3: Well, um, we have indeed spent a lot of time together
1: Mm -hmm. and um, (laughs) we've only
3: been married for two years, but um, I feel like the last six months um, should give us credit for at least like five additional years of marriage.
2: I think that's fair. (laughs) Yeah, yeah we've, we've
3: come through it and not only did we not kill each other but we actually still like each other oh, So you know it's been good um, what have we been doing John
4: well you know I really appreciate the shout out for the video Mike um, we were very proud of it. we were and we felt like you know my my hero Homer Simpson always says it's funny because it's true and so a video of us lying around the house on our couches seemed like the right the right note to strike um, also, we re- we really thought it was going to go viral. So, if anybody out there wants to find it on YouTube and you know give it a second <coughs> life, uh, <laughs> by our
3: by our standards, it did go viral. There was at least like two hundred likes, you guys. <laughs>
4: well,
2: maybe that's we can. That's, that's good. Huge. May- that's huge. That's good. <laughs> maybe we can help you out, and we will we'll put a link to the video in our show notes, oh, that way everybody oh, can yes. get to know yes. you.
4: Okay. All right, check okay. that out. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, I have certainly been golfing more than usual, uh, a little bit with Jason, as he mentioned. I would say he is not an all- awful golfer, but rather a golfer with a game that is more about unrealized potential.
0: <laughs> I would say that I get my money's worth if, if you pay per golf stroke. Right. I'm right. definitely getting my money's worth. <laughs> Um, And then, you
4: know, we've really, the thing we've enjoyed the most this summer, I think, we started playing uh, concerts from our front porch, just for our neighbors, back in uh, probably April. And we've done that a few times throughout the course of the summer with a few guests. Um, And I've been a guest on somebody else's porch concert series. And that's been really fun for us because it's just a, it's of course so wonderful to play live music for an audience. And the neighbors are so appreciative, they just think it's so cool and you've got 40 of the biggest fans ever standing there on your sidewalk, you know, so that's definitely been a lot of fun.
3: Something else that's been really cool is, I, I'm i kind of ashamed to say there's so many neighbors that I have, that I had never so much as met, I didn't know their names, you know, you pass each other all the time but you just, you're busy normally. And yeah. thanks to these porch concerts, I've gotten to know all of my neighbors around my house. Um, and you you start to feel differently about your own neighborhood, like much more connected and, and close with people. They've written us thank you notes. They've sent us gift cards. One lady uh, left us hand wipes, like the sanitary hand wipes Ooh. on our door as a special gift, which is like worth its weight in gold, as you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but just that that really personal contact has been... It's really helped us get through the pandemic to feel like we're we're all in it together. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. I mean, now more than ever, we really need that sense of community in our neighborhoods. How many of these um, concerts would you say you did this summer? And um, we actually we did one just the other day on your front lawn. Uh, It was awesome.
3: Yes, it was (laughs) it was the best. So we've done a lot of porch concerts that are relatively small, like two, three musicians kind of a thing. Um, yeah. But, I got really ambitious, and I got Jason mm-hmm. on board, and I decided I wanted a pop-up orchestra. So we got yes. 12 string players together and packed them all into my front yard. Not packed, socially distanced socially packed. Distanced.
4: <laughs> packed. distanced. Um, <laughs> with With them all into the yard,
3: <masks>. <laughs> with masks. Um, Jason could not wear a mask because we discovered it's very hard to follow a conductor if you can't actually see his face. Um It's already so,
0: hard to follow a conductor, whether you can see his face or not. Uh, but it's especially true.
3: Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so we did that and we we barely made our way through navigating rainy weather. We found like this one little patch of non rainy weather and got out there and All our neighbors came running out, and it ended up being really, really fun. That's so cool.
0: Yeah, we played the Tchaikovsky Serenade for strings. And like Maria mentioned, we had 12 string players from the symphony. I think the coolest part, I mean, that was the first time I got to work with other musicians since March Mm -hmm. 10th or 12th, somewhere in there, when we did our last family concert last season. And so it was a real joy for me to be able to work with all of you guys again. And I mean, we all just even though we had masks on, you could see people smiling with their eyes. Just mm-hmm. how, how wonderful it was to make music. Again, we all definitely missed that for sure.
2: Yeah, it was awesome. We've learned that you guys, so you've been married for two years. I think you just celebrated an anniversary. Did I hear that?
0: That, uh-huh. that is correct. Yeah. Happy <laughs> anniversary. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.
2: So I'm curious, um, how, how did you guys meet? Did you meet in the orchestra? Did you know each other before? Uh-huh. How, how did this this uh, now going on nine years of marriage, let's say, due to this <laughs> epidemic, <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we, how, how did this come to be?
3: We did. We met in the Kansas City Symphony, which is the world's smallest pool of eligible Marriage, marriage partners, so um, <laughs> you have a choice of about five people, I'd say. And, um, yeah, we. Were, I started in 2012, but John came in um, for his first one-year contract in 2014, and so every year there's usually six, seven, eight new musicians that join the symphony, um, usually most of whom you don't know. And this particular year, a very um, solemn, um, how shall I say serious serious potentially humorless man appeared into the clarinet section and he was just head down I couldn't tell if he was nervous or shy or mean it was unclear to me but um yeah so he he appeared in the symphony and um I well I'll turn it over to you now to uh
4: oh sure yeah well um you were very nice you actually came over we were playing tchaikovsky's fifth symphony That week, which has this big clarinet duet, and I was very nervous and trying to do my very best, because it was my first time playing with the orchestra, and um, you were very nice and came over to me backstage and said, hey, you sound really, really good. I was like, oh, oh, well, well, thank you, um, young lady, and uh, (laughs) I was like, oh, that's nice. And and, and then, and then um, we were, we were... In the middle of rehearsal, like in between, in a break in rehearsal, on stage. And I'm, you know, sitting in the back of the stage and Maria's down front where the cellos are. And she's looking backstage towards me.
3: I just want to say, I was not looking backstage towards him. Well, it it seemed...
4: (laughs) I was very confident that she was looking directly at me and smiling. And I kind of gave her a little eyebrow lift and like a smile like, Mm -hmm. hey, how are you? You know, and she like looked at me and smiled back. And I thought... Well, clearly there's some incredible chemistry here, um, <laughs> which I should really look into. And um, so yeah, so I, I, looked, I looked her up on Facebook, and there was a picture of her there, hanging off the back of a golf cart, wearing a turkey suit, and uh, whoa, and a, what do you oh. call it, a caution vest, a, an
2: orange safety vest, an orange safety it's vest. It's dangerous for a turkey on Thanksgiving. You guys, you, That's gotta, true. It. Am so you I- gotta be
4: careful.
0: Wow.
2: Am I recalling this correctly? Does the turkey costume make an appearance in your video? Or does oh, it not? Yes. 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 Oh. Yes. Yes. Okay. yes.
0: Oh good. Is Absolutely it that does. turkey
2: costume? It's the same that is the very very
3: same? the very, the one and the same. I am um I'm a big fan of ridiculous animal costumes. And <laughs> the turkey costume is
2: like the original ridiculous animal costume in my collection. Okay. it's yeah. It's all coming together now. Good. It, it got is. you
0: a husband, so obviously it worked.
2: <laughs> it did. It's very effective. <laughs> That's right. So you saw her in a turkey costume, and you and you thought, "I have to, I have to ask this woman out on a date." Is that how it went? Yeah,
4: that is that is pretty much how that went. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought this this is this is very promising, so I asked her out.
2: So I got this message, and
3: I had taken John to be very serious, and you know, not did not see this coming, but I had talked to him one time in between. Then we were walking up the hill together one time, that during like the Christmas season, I think and i remember being really surprised because he was not very serious and mean but he was very charming and very sweet probably because he believed that i was in love with him but that's beside the point
2: Um, (laughs) because you smiled at him yes i smiled i smiled and i Mm
3: -hmm. talked too that's big so um anyway i had sort of i knew who he was and he asked me out and i thought hey yeah sure let's see what happens and here we are here we
0: are the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Now, John, you mentioned that you were on a one-year contract that year in 2014. Explain to our listeners, because maybe not everyone knows what a one-year contract is, and you've had several of those with the Kansas City Symphony.
4: Yeah, that's true. I had I had the good luck to um, be asked to serve under, under in a one-year contract three years in a row. Um, wow, uh, which was incredible for me. Um, so, a one-year contract basically, normally when you get a job in an orchestra, you take a national audition. And they announce a winner, and they're like, congratulations, you're now a member of the Kansas City Symphony. There's a two-year ten-year process, and once you get through that, you're, you're good to go. You have a job for life. Um, a one-year contract, in my case, I was just called and asked to come fill in a spot for a year uh, because they had an opening and they didn't have time to have an audition. Sometimes you might actually have an audition for that one-year contract if you have the time to do that. But regardless... It would only be for that one year, and then you'd be you'd be back on your own again. Funny um, story, actually. The way I got a one-year contract originally is because I had substituted with the Kansas City Symphony back in Ooh. 2012. They had asked me to come down and play for a couple of weeks. And um, so my first time stepping on stage in Hellsburg Hall, which was the first year of the Kansas City Symphony in Hellsburg Hall, was in June of 2012. And they were doing Beethoven's Ninth and a couple other things. And literally 12 hours before I stepped on stage at Helsberg Hall, Maria Crosby here was on stage at Helsberg Hall having just won her audition. For oh, the Kansas cool. City
0: oh,
4: wow.
3: Yeah, that so is we, fate. We kind of converged at yeah. just the exact same <laughs> moment. Yeah.
0: Wow.
2: So I'm curious, um, John, because uh, I'm interested in, in knowing you had one year contracts and now you have a permanent full-time tenure job with the orchestra but but i would love to hear about that but before that how many um where were you in your one-year contracts when you and maria started dating and and being serious how like where were you in your career here i think that was the first it was was the first first year year, like around christmas time yeah So I think one of the things to point out, I mean, being a spouse of a musician in an orchestra is just ridiculous in and of itself. Let's just be (laughs) honest. (laughs) I could say that because I I am married to somebody who had a job in an orchestra for a very long time. But being a spouse or a partner with somebody who is kind of going from a one-year contract to a one-year contract to a one-year contract, that's really stressful, not just on the person with the one-year contracts, because what you're looking at is, you know, Hey, I'm, I may or may not have a job here in six months. Like we'll just have to wait and see. And that's really, really stressful. So I can only imagine, I mean, the pressure on both of you, you know, knowing where you were and knowing that you were in love and like you had all these plans for the future, but like, Hey, we may not end up being in the same place. So what was that like when the full-time audition came up and, uh, And you got to audition for, like, the full-time tenure track clarinet position.
4: Um, Yeah. You know, it's interesting dating. I I mean, I I got really lucky that I got to keep coming back. But there was a thing where at the end of every year, I I hadn't learned that yet. Mm. You know, I didn't find out that I was going to come back for the next year until really late in the year and sometimes even in the summer, I think. Mm -hmm. And so we'd be in this situation where we we're like, well, what's going to happen now, you know, and it, and it kind of happened like that a couple of times. And you're also in the progress of, like, growing in your relationship, you know, mm-hmm. so you're, you're, the first year, you're like, uh, uh, so do you want to keep dating or what, <laughs> you know, and then, and, then, and then the second year, you're like, oh, no, what if, what if we have to make a decision and... Um, yeah, so that, that is definitely hard.
3: And there did come a point where before his third year, he had to resign from his tenure job in Omaha in mm-hmm. order to keep mm. coming back for the next year. And so there was a, an interval of about a year where we had no idea how he was going to survive after that third one year. It was kind of like, I yeah. hope you win the job, but if you don't, what are you planning to do? And he was yeah. planning to cobble together some kind of living with sub- subbing here and there and teaching here and there which is a really hard life, especially after you have become accustomed to a symphony job, which is so structured Mm -hmm. and, you know, you get your paycheck. And to go from that to freelancing, I think, is a really difficult transition. So it was a risk. It was a big risk.
0: So tell us about that actual day where you were auditioning for the full-time job.
4: Oh, yeah. Um, You know, it's funny. I felt... Like I was as prepared as I possibly could have been when i when it finally came, and I had auditioned two previous times in the, in each of the two previous years and not gotten a job with the orchestra mm. so this was my third try in the last three years, but I felt very, very ready you know you've you've I've played all my stuff for all kinds of people to listen to, I've gotten endless feedback I've played in the hall i've read books about mental preparedness and you know I'm just like mm-hmm. and, and you wake up the morning of the audition and I felt like I was going to die.
3: Yeah me too I've never <laughs> felt so horrible in my life I,
4: I, I, she, said I looked oh. gre- she said I looked green. That was she part saw of that the thing morning.
3: I was so nervous for it but I woke up and I saw him and he looked awful and I thought oh no <laughs> oh, he's going to go choke and it's going to be so much worse because he's going to feel like he's letting me down you know <laughs> oh. and so I remember he oh. went in to play the first round I guess this was the day before you won because you play the
4: yeah, the, there's two days. He yeah.
3: played, but the first day he went in to play the prelims, and he came out and he was like, it was it was kind of only okay, you know. And I know how nervous he had been, and so it's really, uh, auditions are all about psychology, and and yep. so I knew how important it was that he advance out of that first round. As a as a one year, they actually directly send you to the semifinals. Like you're allowed to start mm. in the semifinal round, but usually we take the preliminary round anyway as practice. Mm-hmm. But if you take the preliminary and you don't advance, it's that kind of really mental, messes with your head yeah, because then you're like, you "Oh, I don't deserve to be here." You know? Yeah. So I was really worried mm. he came back and then he advanced out of the preliminary round and that like really set the stage for him to succeed. You know, it's yeah. all these little things that make you believe that I either can or can't do this, or I deserve mm-hmm. to be here, or I don't.
4: Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, and that was like the little boost, I think, that he needed to make it happen.
4: I'm not naturally wow. confident. I need, I need
0: little <laughs> in indicators. I need,
3: yeah, <laughs> need, need encouragement.
0: <laughs> and actually, there's an interesting story about how you found out that he won, too. Right, Maria?
3: This is true. Um, our own Mike Gordon here on the podcast today was on John's committee. Mm. And when John won, he had not yet gotten around to telling me because he was busy doing some sort of victory lap or something around the hall.
4: and <laughs> Crying, <laughs> crying like a baby. I don't
3: know what he was doing, but I, I found out because I got a text message from Mike saying, I am so freaking happy for you guys. And I, I will never forget the day where I looked down at my phone and saw that message. It was... The day that he won that job was... Easily in like the top three days of my entire
1: life. Me too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) It was big. That's
1: awesome. So I've been listening to this story and, you know, I I of course remember when this all happened as well. And I was on the committee and one of the things that's, that's interesting on a committee and this has happened uh, a few times over my career is when I know, you know, one of uh, some, you know, dramatic story like this is going on, or there's a really good friend of mine behind the screen. And of course I have no idea who they are, but I know that they're back there and I know that somewhere along the line, I'm hearing them and I just want them to do well. And I, you know, I can't even imagine uh, how much pressure they might be feeling for one reason or another. I mean, just, just auditioning, what at that point, surely, I at least I hope felt like your own orchestra, you know, like you were a part of the group and you knew that, you know, your friends and colleagues were behind the screen. That alone is enough pressure. Um, So, so when this happened, I mean, I was, I was just, what year was this? It was like 2017, 16, I think so, 2017. Yeah. I, I remember when this happened, I, I was telling these guys forever, like, this is the feel good story of 2017, <laughs> <for sure. laughs> you know, there, there are these situations in, in orchestras, you know, all over the place and the music business is unfortunately um, amazing to be in, but sometimes cruel and, and this doesn't always work out. So I just remember being so excited for you both Uh and somehow in my mind, it felt like enough time had passed by the time I walked out of the building and was in my car and, you know, was at a stoplight or where, wherever it was that I did, that I texted you. I was like, oh, well, surely she knows by now. Um, <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> and, and I was just like, so, so excited uh, to be excited for you in that moment. It was, uh, it was amazing. So I it, continue it was to be happy to for out. you. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I did ruin John's opportunity to to share the news himself, which, you know, I will never forgive myself for, but it's okay, you know. <laughs> there are bigger problems. Yeah, we've been able to move on I from was that. dying to know what was
3: going on. I would have taken the news from anybody at all, so I'm glad it was you.
0: So, guys, we're going to have uh, a little fun here in a moment. We're going to play a game with, with the two of you. But before we do that, I just have uh, one final question, I think, for you guys. How, I mean, you haven't been with the orchestra that long, but it's been, you know, at least six years, both of you. Um, eight for Maria. How do you think the Kansas City Symphony has changed in that time? And where do you see the future for the Kansas City Symphony? Where would you like to see the symphony in, let's say, five, ten years from now?
4: I mean, I think the big thing is you just notice year in and year out that the orchestra keeps getting better. Um mm-hmm then we 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 add new musicians every year, and every year i'm like newly inspired by playing of people that have just arrived and just won their auditions and um yeah it's it's an exciting exciting place to be and I genuinely and Maria says this all the time too, like how the orchestra sounds compared to when she got here it's just like it mm-hmm. the sound keeps getting getting better, and the new players that are coming in are just they're pros and they're mature and they've got their act together in their mid-twenties, you know, which makes <laughs> me think of me when I was in my mid-twenties and I was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's so that I,
2: like? Uh, I don't yeah. know
4: what that's about but obviously that's how you wind up getting a job like this at that age because you've got you've got it together. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's an exciting place to be for sure.
3: It is. I, I say this a lot um, but I feel like the Kansas City Symphony is an organization that is just on this upward trajectory and it has been since i got here everybody involved has this confidence that this place is only going to become better and better and it's true i mean it helps that it is but there's mm-hmm. there's a there's a great energy about being a part of something that everybody is committed to creating the best possible product um, Everybody's extremely professional and you know really takes a lot of artistic pride in how they play Um, I don't know, all these things come together to make a really positive work environment. And I also have to say, the people in the orchestra are just fun. They're up for like Mm -hmm. all kinds of ill-conceived plans, such as (laughs) pop-up concerts in your front yard in the rain, or or the greatest day of my life when I manage to convince about 15 symphony musicians to go caroling on thanksgiving led oh, by myself in a turkey costume and we rewrote you in the a, turkey costume yeah we rewrote a christmas carol with turkey themed lyrics and we hit the streets jason <laughs> even played a trombone solo in the middle of our
0: christmas i did play carol. a trombone solo that was quite what? a bit of fun. wow yeah oh, he yeah. doesn't play yeah. the trombone what? yeah come yeah, back yeah 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 hey I I was a, you know, you got guys had to remember, I was a music educator. Mm -hmm. So I had to take methods classes. I learned how to play the trombone. I know all my trombone positions, slide positions. (laughs) I know how to do a trombone slide. Mind blown. (laughs)
2: Holy
0: moly. (laughs) Well, guys, this has been a lot of fun. We really enjoyed talking with you today. But we're not going to let you go yet. We're going to have some fun now. If you've listened to uh, most or all of season one of Beethoven Walks Into a Bar, which I know you all have, then you know that we love to play a game called Bar Talk anytime we have any of our own musicians or staff on the show. Well, today we're gonna do something a little different. We're gonna play The Newlywed Game since John and Maria have only been married for a couple of years, Uh, but we're gonna do the Kansas City Symphony edition of The Newlywed Game. We're gonna call this The Symphony Wed Game.
2: I like
4: it.
0: Now, Stephanie, Mike, and I, are going to take turns asking the two of you some questions to see how well you truly know each other. So you're going to need some paper and a pen or pencil so you can write down your answers. Uh, don't cheat. No looking at each other's answers, obviously. Uh, whoever has the most points at the end of the three questions, we're going to ask you the same three questions. Whoever has the most points will win the game. Stephanie, Mike, tell John and Maria what they have the chance to win today if they win the Symphony Wed game.
2: Wait, there's well, a cross. There's yeah. a prize? Oh, there's,
1: there's a big of prize. Of course there's a prize. What's Huge the prize, prize, Mike? Oh, it's massive. It's going to make the Oprah Winfrey <laughs> show look like I a mean, free car. You don't even need a free car. You need this. You need, you want, you're going to compete for the opportunity to recommend this week's listening to our Oh, my god! To wow. our audience. Yeah. Wow.
0: We could have sent you... We could have sent you to Hawaii, we could have given you an RV, we could have given you matching jet skis, but no, you're going to get the chance to do some recommended listening.
2: I feel like that's even high, more highly coveted than those sanitary hand wipes you got on your your door for doing <laughs> that porch concert. debatable, but maybe. That's amazing. Those are pretty good,
1: though. I saw them hoarding them at Costco the other day. They got a shipment and people were carrying them out by the See, crate that's load. That's true. Yeah. Crazy. still All right,
0: so we're going to start with John. We're going to see how well John knows Maria. So John's going to write down his answers to these three questions. And Maria, be thinking of what your answers are. Okay. And we're going to see how well John knows you. Stephanie, take it away.
2: All right, so John, if Maria (sighs) was not a musician, what would her profession be? Mm. She had to Mm. choose a profession other than being a musician. What would Maria choose to do as a career?
0: I have a feeling it involves turkeys. I just, I just, I don't know.
2: Don't, don't give him any ideas.
0: I know. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Question number two now. What is Maria's favorite Brahms symphony? Ooh. Mm-hmm. There's only four that's choices here. Brahms symphony.
4: True. Multiple choice. I a, like that. You
1: have a
0: one in four chance. A, B, C, or D. One, two, three, or four. Okay. Got your answer written down for that one. I feel pretty confident. All right. He he thinks he knows. Good. All right. And final question, John. Who is Maria's biggest musical hero on the cello? Who is her biggest cello hero? We're going to find out.
2: I don't know. Today, Jason is my biggest trombone hero. Apparently, wow,
0: seriously, you haven't even heard me play. How I'm do you know so that?
2: excited that you you played the trombone though. That's amazing. We
0: have three fantastic trombone players in the Kansas City oh, Symphony. Oh, that's true. I'm not uh, insulting and they be any your trombone of them. Heroes. That's true. They
2: absolutely <laughs> are above you.
0: All right, we're gonna find out how John did. We're gonna find out how well he knows Maria. So, Maria, if you were not a musician, what would you be?
3: I would be in the circus. Uh,
4: she would be
0: circus. in the
3: circus. Yeah. John, uh, what did you write down?
4: That is such a good answer, and I should have I, I wrote down owner baker of a tiny pie shop.
3: Oh, that's Ooh. good too. Oh. Maria, do you I bake? In, are you a good baker? I try to bake. I'm not very good at it, but I try. She's and, pretty good. And at I it. have always had a dream of having a shop called Tiny Pies. But really I want to be an acrobat in the in in the circus, which is much less realistic because I'm not an ap- acrobat.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Would you wear a turkey suit as an acrobat
1: or?
3: No, 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 no. That's for other okay. occasions,
1: Jason. <laughs> Special occasions. <laughs> so to be clear, the, the pies are tiny, not necessarily the shop. No, right. no
4: the pies
2: are, are tiny. Yes.
1: <laughs> the right. pies are tiny. It's okay. not like I I a tiny house
2: that's also a pie shop. That would be really cute, that though. That would be interesting as How well. How cute would that be? A mm-hmm, tiny house mm-hmm. for tiny pies? Somebody,
0: <laughs> Somebody sign us on up that. for that. <laughs> okay, moving on. What is Maria's, fa- Maria, what is your favorite Brahms symphony? What did you, what do you think?
4: Brahms won. Yes. Brahms won. Is that what you wrote? Look at that. Nice. John ding, the point. ding, ding.
0: Point. Come for on, that John. has a well huge done. cello moment towards the end. It's you know, the second symphony, second down. movement is one of the most beautiful things that he ever wrote for the cello. So I was thinking she was going to go there. So that's interesting. I would have missed out. I would have not gotten that point. All right, and finally, who is Maria's biggest cello hero? What do you? What? Who is it, Maria?
3: It is uh, Rostropovich, of course.
0: That's Rostropovich. right, Rostropovich. it is. Nice. All right, two wow. points for John. Two out of three points. Thank you, thank you. Feel good. Well done, John. Well done. All right, now we're going to ask the same three questions. We're going to find out how well Maria knows John. Take it away, Stephanie.
2: All right, Maria. So if John. Was not a musician. What would John be? What career would John choose?
0: PGA
1: golfer,
2: perhaps? Turkey costume designer? (laughs) Okay, I got it. All right.
1: Okay. All right. Locked in. Locked in. Your answer is locked in. Mm -hmm. Question number two. What is John's favorite Brahms symphony? Again, there are only four to choose from. One two, three, or four. Okay.
3: I got that one, too.
0: Thanks, Mike. All right. And finally, who is John's biggest clarinet hero? Who is John's biggest hero on the clarinet? John's thinking. He has many musical heroes on the clarinet. You can see him think.
2: You know, one of them could be me, because I I do play the clarinet. Don't
0: put me. Could be. Could be. All right. Are we ready? Let's find out how Maria did. Let's see how well she knows John. So, John, if you were not a musician, what would you be?
4: <laughs> I really wanted to say rock star, and then I realized a rock star is technically a musician. So <laughs> um, I went I went with actor, but I don't feel Ooh, strongly actor. about it. Actor. actor. Oh, no, okay. you have to commit
2: Shoot. to your answer. Don't go back on your answer.
4: Well, I just, you know what I'm saying? But that's what
0: I got. All right. What okay. did you have? Right? I, Maria, what did you say? I
2: was dreaming big, kind of like the whole being an acrobat thing
3: when you're not an acrobat. I wrote down basketball player for the Oregon Ducks.
4: <laughs> Which is a really <laughs> good answer. Oh, <laughs> oh That God. is I a like, good answer. I like how
3: he thinks my answers are better than his
1: It's <laughs> really answers.
4: good. I'm a, I went to the University of Oregon. I'm, I was born in Eugene, so I'm a duck at
0: heart. So, oh, Are you a that. sharpshooter, too? Are you a good basketball player? No, no, not at all.
1: No. Okay. Are you right. as
2: good a basketball player as Maria is an acrobat? Oh, easily. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, fair enough, Wait, good. But, Are you as good a basketball player as Jason is a trombone player? <laughs> I don't or know. Golfer. I don't
2: All know. All right, this is just
1: digressing more and more and more. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. All right, okay, no points what, there. Yeah, no
0: points there, but we're going to move on to question two. got to get both of these right now in order to tie. Mm. So, what, John, what is your favorite Brahms symphony?
4: My favorite Brahms symphony is Brahms 4. <laughs>
3: That's not true. That's you not like true. Too. I do
4: like oh, Brahms too. They're, no, they're all so good. Ooh. Oh
2: no, that, that hurts. That hurts.
4: <laughs> She's mad at me now. <laughs>
2: oh, oh man,
0: boy, I do love Brahms well, too, but Brahms four, you know. Well, let's
3: see if I can go three for three. You guys, come on.
0: Well, John has definitely won the game, but let's just find out. Uh, question number three, also, John, who is your biggest clarinet hero?
4: Uh, I wrote down Alessandro Carbonari Absolutely Alessandro
0: Carbonare, And that's absolutely. what Maria wrote Got right. that one. Mm-hmm. Got that one Maria Very nice A valiant effort You did get one out of three That's pretty good But I think that John Knows you a little bit better Than you know him At least Uh-oh. musically You know I'm, I'm, a lis-
4: I'm a listener I pay attention Stuff You know I'm <laughs> I'm like that.
3: Personally, that's I think good. the secret to a happy marriage is not knowing very much about each other. So there. Oh, Apparently. <laughs>
0: well, nice. you're very I good like at that. it. So there we go. <laughs> well, I'm glad, this, I'm glad this didn't end in a tie today. We did have a sudden divorce question, just in case. It's like our version
1: of sudden death. But we didn't even have to use it. So that's good. Well, I'm glad we didn't have any uh sudden divorces. And I think it's just worth adding a disclaimer that... Uh, No one should evaluate their uh, marriage's health based on anything they hear on Beethoven Walks Into a Bar. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the truth? I
2: think that's reasonable. Mm -hmm. And you know what, guys? I have to say, I know that the prize is supposed to be that now that John has won, he gets to recommend listening. But I am very interested in what Maria has to recommend as listening. So. I mean, I would be open to letting Maria share in that prize if you all are as well.
0: I will vote for that as well, yeah.
2: Since you actually do love Brahms, too, I think it would be only right. (laughs)
0: That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get to recommended listening, though, uh, we have some other questions for you, right, Mike?
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, we are not allowed to let people leave this podcast without asking him a couple of very important questions. Um, so number one, most important question, what is your favorite drink of choice? And it doesn't have to be alcoholic. It can be coffee or tepid water with lemon. Whatever <laughs> you enjoy, we want to know.
4: All right. Well, uh, I, I don't drink a lot these days, but when I do, uh, I really like, uh, like sip, high-quality sipping tequila. That, that always... Uh, Just makes me yes. feel good. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Favorite brand? You know, I'm not even that that expert in it to be able to throw throw names out.
0: But Maria, what's your favorite <laughs> drink?
3: Well, I wish that I had a classier palette. But um, <laughs> you know, you always want to point to some artisanal handcrafted beverage at a time like this. But the truth is, what I love the most is crystal light. That delicious mm, yeah. powdered aspartame infused beverage mm-hmm. that comes in all flavors—it yeah.
2: is delicious. What is your flavor of choice?
3: Um, It's—I uh, have some here right now. It's the uh, peach mango green tea. Ooh. Highly
4: recommend. Yeah, it's a good choice. It's yummy. tasty stuff. You yummy. could
2: put a little sipping tequila in that and like just have a little oh. party. Uh, no,
4: uh, no. Yeah. I don't
2: know about that. No, no. I just (laughs) ruined it. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm curious. If the two of you found yourselves in a bar, John sipping on some tequila and Maria enjoying a crisp glass of mango green tea crystallite and you were sitting next to Beethoven, what would you like to ask Beethoven?
4: I mean, I would definitely ask him, Mr. Beethoven, I love your symphonies. Could you please rewrite them and make the second clarinet parts a lot more interesting? Because <laughs> oh, wow. the, it's I play a lot of second clarinet I have over the year to, years, and those parts are a little on the dull side. One of my favorite jokes is to tell people that I nailed the second clarinet part to Beethoven Six mm. because there's there's nothing to it. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. There's big solos in the first parts. Mm-hmm. The first
4: part there's big right. solos it's like yeah, exactly yeah. Wow. I'm just there for moral support mostly. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Maria?
3: Well, I have always wanted to know, Beethoven, uh, in addition to being a a big wine lover, um, was a coffee snob, and he was very specific about um, when he insisted that a good cup of coffee had to be made with precisely 60 beans, which uh, seems like a lot, but if you actually count them out, it is not a lot, and I have tried on Hmm. two different occasions to make a cup Hmm. of coffee with 60 beans, and it is lousy. So (laughs) I want to know if there is some secret trick to making this perfect cup of coffee or if he, like me,
2: just has, you know, bad taste in beverages.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love
2: it. Will you phrase it just like that? Beethoven, do you have bad taste in beverages? Is that it's what's happening?
4: Effect. I wonder if he just has a hard time with numbers because his tempo markings are really, really kind of messed Ooh. up too, right? So maybe, a maybe... Valid
0: point, John. Valid By 60, point. he meant like 180. Mm-hmm. That's Yeah, that could be. Is it, is it one coffee bean per second or one coffee bean per minute? Who knows? Hmm. <laughs> Who knows? All right, guys. Well, we did vote that we are going to allow both of you to give your recommended listening this week. So... What would you like to recommend for our listeners to listen to maria? what do you What would you like to recommend?
3: Well, um in keeping with the Beethoven theme, i um there's a piece of Beethoven's that I really don't know very well, and that's Fidelio, his only opera. And my father mm. is a huge Fidelio fan and always has been. And this last time that I went to see him a few weeks ago, we made the point of sitting down and listening to a whole recording and watching a whole video performance of it. And the recording that I found was this old um, Carl Böhm recording from 1969 um, with, it's a Deutsche Grammophon recording with uh, Staatskapelle Dresden, and it is fantastic. I just fell in love with it, so I highly recommend it.
0: Cool. John?
4: Um, I'm going to recommend clarinet music. There are a lot of great clarinet players out there, um, but my favorite clarinet pieces ever are the sonatas and trio and quintet by johannes brahms if you want to listen to beautiful clarinet chamber music go check those out and nobody plays them more achingly beautifully than alessandro carbonare who we referred to before italian clarinet player he just does it just right
0: nice
2: So we will link to those in in our show notes. We're going to link to those recordings. And then we'll also link to your um, video. So make sure we will share that as well, because I think think our listeners would love to check out your quarantine video.
0: Excellent. So – so John, would it be safe to say that if you were to rank your favorite Brahms pieces, it would be number one, Brahms symphony number four, number two, Brahms clarinet <laughs> chamber music, and number 72, Brahms second symphony? Is that Uh-oh. fair? <laughs> That's not necessary, Uh-oh. Jason. That's <laughs> too soon? Too soon? <laughs> Sorry, Maria. Too soon. All right. Well, we want to thank both of you for being on the podcast with us today. We've had such a great time talking with you guys, and uh, we look forward to seeing you around the community, performing in all these great many concerts that we were talking about earlier. Thank you, John and Maria, for joining us today.
1: Okay, thanks All right. Thank for you, guys. It was us. fun. You guys are just the best. Can't wait to actually play some music together in person, maybe even in a building. That would be interesting. Oh, my. <laughs> well, next week, we'll be talking with one of the hardest working music educators in the business, Celine Hernandez. When she's not busy running an orchestra program in Independence, she fills her time teaching even more students for Harmony Project KC a program which brings the gift of music to underprivileged children in Northeast Kansas City. We'll learn how music has shaped her life, the life of her whole family, and how that journey inspires her teaching next time on Beethoven Walks Into a Bar.